This is 52 Trials, a series of 52 podcasts where I bring to you 52 individuals with their beautiful journeys. Usually we get people who are pursuing an out-of-the-box profession, but today being the need of the hour, we've got with us a doctor, a radiologist, who's being a frontline warrior at these COVID times, and he's here to explain everything and anything about COVID. Please welcome my very good friend, Urva Patel. Thank you so much uh, for uh, joining it. Um, so, just to let you know that 52 Trials is a podcast where we uh, get people who are pursuing an out-of-the-box profession. But today, being the need of the art, uh, we have you. And uh, thanks for being a part. I mean, just to let everyone know, Urva is a doctor who has been uh, fighting the COVID situation, being a frontline warrior since almost a year now. And... Uh, Thanks to you, firstly. Thanks for uh, thanks from everybody. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me, sir. Thank you for having me, sir. Thank you from everybody who's safe at home because of you guys. Uh, uh, so we'll just try to get to know your journey of becoming a doctor, and uh, then we can come to the situation that we're facing now. And uh, things to know for everyone from coming from a doctor's Good. side. So thank you again, man. Uh, Great to always have you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you for having me. So my basic thing, my, my journey started from 12 standard. I did not want to be a doctor first. Okay. But then I got to know what you can do being a doctor and what are the pros and what are the cons. And I was inclined towards it. I took the profession. I mean, I, I went to MBBS in Gujarat. I did my MB in Gujarat from BS Hospital. Yeah. I've done my MD in radio diagnosis. This is like People don't understand what radio diagnosis is when I tell somebody that I have radio diagnosis. Yeah. I'll have to make them explain. So it is basically a person, the doctor who reports your GSD CT scan, scan MRIs, okay. Okay. so that you can have a perfect diagnosis of your condition. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm right now I'm working in uh, PD in the hospital in Mumbai. Oh, okay. So I mean, CT scans and uh, all the kinds of scans have become really important these days because of the COVID. And uh, yeah. I'm sure it would have been a, it, like your work would have increased yes. a lot. So basically work, work did increase. So CT scan has been, initially CT scan was not thought to be the right. pillar of treating COVID. Yeah. But since last, I mean, since last one year, like, I mean the pandemic started last one year. So since last probably eight or nine months we started doing CT scans and getting to know the changes in the lungs that COVID causes. And we, based on that, we give a CT severity score. Okay. So the CT severity score is what, that we evaluate the damage done by the COVID virus okay. to your lungs. So basically lungs have five lobes. Right. So we calculate the amount of severity that COVID has caused to you. And then we give you a score out of 25. Okay. And based on that, your physician treats you. All right, all so right. it becomes very important to categorize your disease, being it mild, moderate, or severe. Right. So, I mean, is, is it the same thing that showcases on your report uh, called the CT value? Is that the same thing? No, no, it's not the same thing. CT value is something to do with the RT-PCR test you do. Okay. CT value is 
something that lets you know in layman's language it's, it's something that lets you know the load of the virus in your body okay. how much amount of virus have you been contracted right right so yeah so that is the ct value that you see on rt pcr and ct cvr is for something you see on your ct scan report right there's totally a different thing all right all right uh, so i mean uh, as you said that it was not something that you had always wanted to do what made you get into mbbs and uh, become a doctor and now so, so this is i think this is cliche <laughs> my parents both of them are doctors yeah. so they wanted to me wanted me to become a doctor yeah. uh, i have a younger brother who also was expected to become a doctor but he is pursuing his different field he is good at it but i was also not keen on becoming a doctor but then i don't know i somehow figured out i met a few cousins of my who are also doctors so basically we are a doctor family <laughs> and i got to know uh like i i i developed interest rather than having interest i developed interest in uh medicine yeah super so uh i mean now that it was not always your dream um, today how difficult it is for someone to i mean just go through that process because being a friend and having seen your journey myself i know स्टूडेंट pursuing this career were also less yeah. but uh, nowadays people i mean people are more the students are more interested in getting into medicine and all yeah. uh, but on the other hand the number of seats have also increased but the main thing is the number of professors to teach medicine have not increased as much as the number of students have so basically a student would get into mbbs but the teaching institute where they are studying yeah. would be not that great yeah so and obviously the competition has increased in i mean getting into mbbs now there's a, a common entrance exam yeah. that's a good thing we did not have that we had entrances depending on what state you are in okay. if you want to apply in a different state i would have to apply on a different college uh, form and everything yes. uh, so it's a centralized system now and one more thing uh, basically reservation probably hampered a lot yeah <laughs> this situation was something that i had to fight yeah unfortunately everybody has to fight who is from open category i believe not insulting anybody or not uh, offending anybody but uh, it is something that yeah because if you have 100 seats and you have to fight for this 50 seats only because you know that you have only 50 seats to fight even if the government has 100 seats yeah. so it was a difficult journey and it, yeah now but it has i mean also one thing if you are planning to become a doctor now at in this day or age you'll have to be very good you'll have to be very good or you would be just practicing in a peripheral center that is what i would believe i myself am not that good but i'm just saying you have to be very good because i know it's cut through competition every everything right now is cut through right correct and but, I, i think it's 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 applicable in all the fields so I mean, people have to. Yes, applicable in all the fields. Yeah, yeah. And so, it basically now, if something is that the people who have right now established their practices in the last 
25-30 girls, yeah. they're going to still practice, right? So, I mean, not discouraging anybody, but you'll have to think really hard before getting into uh-huh. medicine now. I mean, because what, 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 I, what I feel is uh, anybody, like you said, for a person who has been practicing for the last 30 years, and there is no retirement age in, in MBBS, right? There is no retirement age if you're if you're a doctor. Yeah, there's no if you if you have a private setup, you don't have a retirement age. Exactly. But if so. you're working in a government setup, yeah, yeah. So it is I something mean, that so it's, you it's, have to think a lot about it. Yeah, I mean, because someone someone who is just a fresher cannot compete with someone who's been in the industry for thirty years. So no, so the fresher will have to. So for example, my myself, my my, doc, my dad is a doctor, right? Yeah. But my our, our fields are different. Our fields are not the same. Correct. I'll probably get some help from him if I want to establish my own thing. I definitely get some help. But my field being different, I'll have to start from the scratch. Right. Right. I will. I'll get probably get the 20, 30 percent help from my dad, but not yeah. more than that because fields are very different. So yeah. I mean, to do that is, I mean, you'll have to have courage to go through it. And you, you always go through failures. Of failures course. are a part of life. I mean, yeah. And I, I'm telling you, I'm here because of my failures, not because of my success. <laughs> things are yeah, success. Great, great, uh, great, man. So, I mean, your journey began uh, right after twelfth. Uh, you yeah. joined your college after twelfth. Uh, so I, I mean, when I when I do the out of the box profession podcast with anyone, there's a question that if you have not get in the right education. I mean, for example, I did it with a graphic designer, I did it with a DJ and uh, they did not have a formal education to get into that but uh, obviously through their uh, hard work and through their experience, they're doing what they're doing. Dr. Fie, I not because you're putting everybody at risk if you're not getting education. <laughs> I'm sure yeah, 10, 10 years of I, I, I'd say, I know, education is one thing and I'd say for doctors, experience is one thing. Experience matters the most than the education in doctors. I probably you should have the best education. I won't say that, but experience is at the same level as you are with your education. So, uh, I mean, uh, there's a regular questions. We have these set of regular questions that we ask, but I think uh, we can skip to that because most of us know what journeys and what hard hardships that a doctor has to go through to become and to be where you are. So. Coming yeah. back to the light of the, the need of the hour and the situation yes. right now, how have you been since the last one year and how has it been? Because it's been difficult for since everyone. Last, yeah. So I was supposed to give my exam, MD exam. I was supposed to give my, I was third year resident. There's something called a third year resident in post-graduation in medicine. So I was supposed to give my exam in April. And obviously, exam got postponed. So, we are put back into duty. Thankfully, being my field, I did not have to go work in the COVID ward or something. But I, I definitely had to go to house different places in the city, in Ahmedabad. I had to go to different houses and, and uh, take samples of the patients. I did that for, for about, I mean, yeah, for about two to three months I did that. And then my exam came up and I gave my exam. And after that, I joined as a uh, senior resident in my institute itself. Okay. At, for me, for me as a radiologist, I did not have to go through the hardship that our 
fellow, my fellow colleagues who are doing MD medicine, that is the physician, who are the primary eaters of COVID. I've seen them working day and night. And I would say one thing, I mean, there's nothing to express. <laughs> People know how hard they've worked. And I'm, I'm probably, I'm also grateful for them. Yeah. I'm grateful to them, actually, not for them. I'm sorry. I'm grateful to them for working their, I mean, they're giving up their lives to work. I mean, yeah. when you look at the COVID wards and the way they're working, is incredible, incredible. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, of course, that uh, you've had a short-lived uh, experience with uh, the COVID, as you said. But uh, yeah. how yeah. was that? Because at that point of time last year, when there were 5,000 or 10,000 cases every day, people were shit scared. And uh, yeah. at that time, people had stopped, completely stopped going out of their houses and people were locked. Obviously, we had the lockdown back then. And... Uh, uh, and at that time, to go to different houses and get those samples, that too so, in a PB kit, yeah. that was yeah, it was very difficult. It was it was blazing hot. It was summer, and I remember we used to wear PB kit, stand in a bloody ground. I I stood in a bloody ground for like five to six hours from nine in the morning to two or three p.m. in the afternoon, taking samples of the patients of samples of the random population we have as a surveillance and to get those samples and then take those samples to the processing hospital yeah. we give it to them we go back home shit scared yeah. if we are not going to infect our family members and uh, we take a bath we used to i mean self-quarantine ourselves patient i'll say one thing population the normal population has to quarantine themselves once they have tested positive. Yeah. But for us, for frontline workers, yeah. we have to quarantine ourselves bloody every day if we have been for COVID. Yeah. And that is the scary part, man. I mean, for for anyone who is a normal who is a normal person, uh, you know, you may uh, you may start taking precautions after you've started if you've uh, yeah. gotten positive or even yeah. tested negative, yeah. you start taking precautions. But for a doctor, it's their duty to go back to the same place again and again fight yeah. the fight the system because so, that is what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, it was it was difficult, but we got through it. Eventually, everybody has to go through it because we have we have we have. I mean, we are obliged to do it. I mean, we it's our duty to do yeah. what we do. Yeah. So I don't think any of the profession, professional doctor, anybody is not willing to do it. There might be some, yeah. but I don't think most of them, like, even, I tell you one thing, we haven't even, the private doctors haven't even increased their own uh, fees. I mean, the yeah. OPD fees that you charge if you're a COVID patient is actually the same for most of the doctors. It does not even change, right? So compassion is something that we lived on the last year. And I myself got infection on duty, but it was, I mean, yeah, I, I was, I was positive, but uh, my symptoms were very mild, but probably it was not due to, due to the, because, uh, I mean, due to the duty I was doing, probably it was from somewhere outside, I don't know what the source yeah, is. Yeah. Because, you know, every time a population or a country cannot remain in a lockdown for a long time, okay. somebody will get complacent and somebody will get infected, right? So, 
the basic hour based on the basic need of the hour right now is you roam around i mean there are lockdowns in most of the states i mean not most of the some of the states but if there's not a lockdown if you're roaming around if you're going then being a layman i i request you to do one thing to consider yourself as a carrier of the virus exactly if you're exactly. going out if you if you have to go out i mean if you if you have to go out then i consider you as you have to consider yourself as a carrier of the virus right or else you are not going to take precautions to you know to stop spreading if you are a carrier you are not going to stop spreading from right. yourself to other patients so, right um, i mean other family members yeah so uh, i mean obviously uh, it's it's uh, necessary for everybody to take such precautions because even if you probably tested positive and thankfully recovered you obviously for the next 3 years for the next 3 months you are said to not get infected again but there's a good chance that uh, you can become a carrier and come back to the family because uh, and and the unfortunate yeah, thing exactly. is, unfortunate thing is that now it's not only the elderly who are getting infected it's everybody everybody the kids are the last wave in last year the kids were not getting infected yeah. this year i mean the pediatric wards have been filled with patients with kids getting infected and it is very hard breaking to even listen a story from my colleague about a kid dying due to covid it's, it's very hard breaking but we cannot do i mean see if you're getting if you're infected if you were infected yeah. you have the immunity yeah if you have taken the vaccine you have the immunity to you know decrease the amount of effect covid is going to have on your body right. it's not going to stop you from getting infected right people have to understand this if you are vaccinated it does not mean that you're not going to get infected right so after first may when young people like and you're not young man i mean, <laughs> i don't know <laughs> not <laughs> but young people are going to get vaccines after first year right after young people like after uh, 18 years of age so for them you have to understand if you get the vaccine that does not mean that you are not going to get infected correct correct vaccine is just going to stop the disease spreading in your own body it's not going to stop the disease spreading to your own family because you can always be a carrier of the virus and not get any symptoms so vaccine is not the ramban ilaj uh-huh. vaccine is not a one shot drug that has been given to you this this has to be made very clear to young people and that is why i'm here today so i need yeah. to that is why and i know you, you you have a good outreach so i think i hope people people yeah. listen to this i hope people do as well yeah. that's that's what yeah. we hope <laughs> thanks for Uh, what you what you told us uh what are the other instructions that you would like to give to a common person who will be watching this podcast see, because see, this is a democracy there are, there are no instructions i tell you it's it's a, it's, a, it's an sop right <laughs> so you it's it's up to you it's your it's your bloody family yeah it's your own bloody body you have to think for yourself yes yeah. you are going out even if to buy groceries you have to take care of yourself and i'll tell you one thing wearing a mask has proven as a such a successful measure to stop 
spreading the virus. Yeah. And and I I don't know I don't know why, but I've seen even young people of our age roaming around, having their masks dangling over here yeah. and not over here. <laughs> I mean that is plain stupid, right? Even if you have a hell lot of money, if you're rich, you yeah. you you have money to spend on your body and everything. But if you're wearing your mask bloody here and not here, it's not going to help you or not. It's going to help your family. That's correct. So along with the vaccine, you know. I mean, wearing a mask is not a bad thing, or it's not something that you're going to suffocate and die. Exactly. I've seen people complaining, "Oh my God, this mask! You have to wear it. Yeah. It's, it's the need of the, the entire bloody world is wearing it." Yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't know. People made it. Uh, I mean, people people were just waiting for the pandemic so that they could get rid of the mask, but. Uh, I, I tell you one I, thing. Yeah. I tell you one thing. According to me, wearing a mask is going to be there for like two or three years more. This, this, this thing, this thing is going to be there. It's going to be part of your normal life. You have to accept that and move on now. This, yeah. this, this is normal life. I mean, even if it takes two years, three years to develop a drug or you know to get everybody immune. It's going to be, and I'll tell you one thing: vaccination. The government has not been providing the enough amount of uh, economic support to the vaccine producers in the country, so they are obviously not going to produce a hell lot of vaccines. Right. So only one thing that can save you is a bloody mask. If you're wearing a mask, and if you, even if you don't have a six foot, six feet uh, distance between yeah. you and the patient, the mask will probably save you. I have seen that. Yeah. You know. I've been close contact with the patient who is positive, but I was wearing a mask, and that has saved me. So wearing a mask is very important. Right? And one more thing, vaccine production is—I mean, it does not the government has not given it a boost. Vaccine production is the same. It should have increased. Yeah. It does not. There is no funding from the government. So, and at this rate, if we are vaccinating the population of a country, it will probably take seven to eight years to. Vaccinate the entire country. Wow! Wow! Yeah. So it's it's 1.3 billion people. You make the calculation. <laughs> it's, it's it's going to take a hell lot of time. So one thing right now it's going to stop you from getting infected is wearing a mask. No, I was just saying that I personally stay in Delhi, so mask so I think should be made mandatory forever. <laughs> yeah. Even if even if the situation gets better, the COVID situation gets better, the No, no, you will have to wear a mask. Yeah. See, I mean, this is this is a medical emergency. People don't understand. It's a medical emergency. The country, three and a half lakh cases in the entire country. Even if you take fifteen or ten percent of the patients every day, that is about what thirty thousand, thirty-five thousand patients getting serious yeah. out of the three point five lakh. Imagine the load of patients we'll have over the entire country in one single day, just one single day. Yeah. So it's. I mean, government can do whatever they want to do, but it's up to you. So it's up to the population. Because people, I mean, even after I've I've seen there are people who have uh, still not who are still not ready to believe that uh, this is actually happening. And since the last one month, something has just it's just increased. I don't know how multifold times. And uh, people are still not ready to believe that this is going to be. You can be affected by it someday or some any moment for that matter. 
and things can get serious. But very neglected. See, I tell you, I tell you, for the young people, in last two months, we have seen patients from the age of 24 to the age of 39, even age of 20, dying due to coronavirus. It's not like young people, you know. Last year, it was like 45 years old. If you're positive, you probably yeah. will have to get admitted. You have to get the treatment. But this year, young patients, I mean, they're getting they're getting the state from the corona. I don't know. They're, they're dying. And you will have to take, even if you're young, doesn't matter. Man. It doesn't matter. Because, see, a virus, mutations happen. Mutations are going to happen in every virus. Virus morphology, viruses anatomy is such a way that it's bound to change. Okay. So we have a basic structure of the virus and then you make vaccines on it. Yeah. That even So the mutations are not like if I am the virus today, tomorrow I'll change and you'll become you. Yeah. It's not going to change completely. Yeah. My basic structure, my basic body anatomy, my chest size, my, it's everything going to remain the same. Yeah. But I have a new weapon with me. Yesterday I had a knife, today I have a gun. Okay. So That's that okay. is what mutation is. Yeah, that is how mutation is. So basically vaccine is made on that. And vaccine is given, so it so it, it does fight the mutants too. But see, if you see swine flu, swine flu is the same thing. Almost every one year or every two years, we get a new swine flu virus yeah. and it infects the people every year. But the patients, the people have been immune to swine flu, so they're not getting that infected. But there was an outbreak of swine flu, I think in 2008 or something, 2008 or 2010. Yeah. I don't remember the exact year. It was the same, but the infectivity, the virulence of the virus was not that much as the coronavirus has. Now that uh, you've done radiology and uh, CT scan for now has become a very important means to get to know if how much the how much the virus has affected your body. How's how's that been? Because I'm sure you would be doing that. I mean, you'd be going through that every day yeah. of getting patients. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, are, we are reporting it. So right now the scenario is, uh, once you get infected, so it takes about four or five days or probably a week to get symptoms. Okay. And then once you get symptoms, uh, you'll have to monitor yourself. Alright. And this monitoring grows for people who are middle-aged, that is about 45. Yeah. They'll have to monitor themselves. They have to make themselves monitored regularly. People who are between 20 to 35, they'll have to take their own care. They will have to monitor themselves, but they will have to look for a symptom. Because see, from 20 to 45, patients do not have comorbidities as people who have above 40, that is hypertension and diabetes. Right? Okay. So, uh, above 45, monitoring is must. Below 45, monitoring has to be done. But even if you feel a slight, after getting into even a slight change in your body system, yeah. you should probably start monitoring yourself also. Now, coming to CT scan, so we basically do CT chest, that is HRCT of the thorax. Okay. And we look at the amount, the damage has been occurred, or the damage that has been inflicted by the uh, virus. So what happens is when the virus infects your nerves, yeah. uh, there's an inflammatory reaction in the body. So inflammatory reaction is something that happens even if you get hurt, even if you get a slight needle prick, yeah. needle prick, you will have inflammation. Okay. So that is what is happening in COVID. That COVID is infecting your nerves, 
and the body is trying to fight it back by giving it like it's trying to fight it back and so we have inflammation in the body correct so that is what we calculate in hrcgt next step how much inflammation is there in your lungs oh okay and how much is yeah and how much is the lung affected and i told you as earlier that we give a score out of 25 yeah uh, to the patients and uh, we believe of around uh, 20, score of 8 to 9 from 25 is the mild score about that is moderate and cr is about 18 or something so patient who are having a high ct score are bound to be uh, i mean want to get disease uh, soon yeah. or you have to take care of them a lot so we do a screening test once you get infected uh, we do a basal baseline ct scan around that 3 or 4 days so we get a basal uh, evaluation of your lungs that how are your lungs Right. if the patient gets worse yeah. then we do a ct scan again to see how much the virus has caused the i mean how much the inflammation has increased right. Right. and uh, if the symptoms if the symptoms are not increasing then we don't need to do a ct scan again it's fine if you don't if the symptoms are not increasing i repeat but yeah. if the symptoms are increasing if the patient is having difficulty breathing if the patient is not able to maintain his or her saturation i mean oxygen saturation then you will have to do a ct scan again to see at the what uh, i mean how uh, the body i mean how much the inflammation has increased and based on this we admit the patient if the patient is in icu admission we also look at the blood parameters so okay. basically it's something very important right now to get a ct scan and i know there's a huge burden in the country you don't get ct scan reports or you you don't get to get your scans done early because that is because i mean there's a huge load of patients in the right but i i'm, I'm pretty sure all my radiology really friends are working very hard to get the reports out dnn <clears throat> yeah uh that was that was uh, a lot of information for anyone right now but uh, thanks man thanks so much for uh, giving your valued time right now to this podcast and thank you let's hope thank you for having me yes let's really hope this gets to a lot of people so that they at least get to know what exactly is the situation and uh, try to safeguard yeah, themselves i hope i hope so too i hope so too man yeah <laughs> thanks again thanks yeah. so much and uh, thanks from every one of us for uh, being the frontline warrior for us uh, <laughs> thank you so much and uh, thanks for uh, letting us know your journey i hope I'm I'm going to put your Instagram ID here so that in case anyone wants to get in touch with you because I'm sure everybody is yeah, sure. everybody uh, is trying to get in touch with the doctor these days and the yeah, I'm happy to help anytime anytime so yes uh, thanks guys for watching uh, today's episode and I hope you liked it uh, thanks for watching again uh, let's keep no, everybody no, safe thank you for having let's try and be safe let's as Mr. Urva Patel and Dr. Urva Patel mentioned, let's try to do the minimum, which is a put on a mask and uh, safeguard ourselves and everybody around us. Thank you so much, ma'am. Oh yes, uh, today we are celebrating Dr. Urva Patel's birthday as well. Uh, a very happy birthday to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm, Thank you. I'm glad to do this on my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Hey, iconic. Thanks man thank you so much
Press start.